Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer, and I'm so glad that you're joining me today. This is a podcast of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church just outside of Toledo, Ohio. This is episode two in season one, and this episode is called Faith Over Fear. So what are you afraid of? Well, according to psychcentral.com, 10% of people have really great phobias or substantial fears that cause them life challenges. The most common fears are fears of flying, dogs, fears of insects or snakes, fears of storms or needles. Do any of these strike a chord with you? Well, here's just a little secret about me. I have an irrational fear. I am terrified of birds flying around my head or like chickens running around my feet. However, fear is a normal response of our body. Our breathing and heart rate increases and our body floods with the hormone adrenaline, which causes our heart to pump blood more forcefully to its muscles, getting us ready to respond. Today we're going to listen in on a recorded talk from 2018 on this very subject, fear. This talk was recorded at Christ the Word's Church's Women's Ministries Annual Conference called Regarding Him. This conference happens each spring and touches on topics that are relevant for women and how to live daily for Christ. Kind of similar to this podcast. Cheryl Bailey, the main speaker for the 2018 conference, entitled Faith Over Fear, will walk us through what fear is, how we will naturally respond, and how we can trust our faithful God instead. I think you'll be both challenged and encouraged as you listen. About 15 years ago, my dad asked me to go to Cedar Point. He decided he wanted to take all his grandkids to Cedar Point for the day, and he asked me to go along. Well, now, I'm fairly afraid of roller coasters, but I figured that I could be the one that rode on the spinning rides. So we got there about 30 minutes early, and we didn't have the early rider pass to allow us to get in, so we were just waiting up by a rope that they had put up for, um, for us to wait at until the gates opened. <clears throat> As time passed, it got more and more crowded, and we were just waiting. And all of a sudden, I hear a lot of commotion back behind me. So I'm a fairly curious type person. So I'm turning around, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on back there. And finally, I realize that there's a mother and a father and two kids, and they're, they're pushing their way through the crowd trying to get up to the front. So I, I turned back around and didn't think much more about it until I realized that now they were behind my kids and they're shoving them. So I turned around and I said, hey, be patient. Uh, you know, they'll open soon. Nobody's going anywhere. And I turned back around. So they continued to push my kids. And so I turned around again and I said, hey, be patient. Nobody's going anywhere. We'll all get in when they open the rope. And I turn around. Now this time I hear the mother behind me tell her kids, push through them, get through them. So I turn around and I say to the kids, look, your mother is teaching you bad things. You shouldn't listen to her. Now, this didn't go over very well with her. I probably wasn't very wise with that statement. I was standing there with my father in his 70s and eight kids. But you see, I had already sized her up and I figured I could take her. I got this. Now, this story probably doesn't give you an accurate portrayal of who I am. I don't usually go around looking for fistfights. However, I did grow up with the mentality that caused me to think that I got this. 
You see, I grew up in a home where there was a lot of sickness, a lot of fear, and a lot of worry. And I had learned to take care of myself so that I became very self-sufficient and dependent, and I was determined that I would not grow up to live in fear. And unlike many people, I'm sure many of you have seen things growing up and you say, when I grow up, I am not going to do that. But what usually happens? We grow up and we be the thing that we said we weren't going to be. But in my case, I grew up and didn't fear. As an adult, I dealt with fear as I had dealt with much of life growing up, with the thinking, I got this. Let's pray. Dear Father, I thank you for the opportunity to stand here, and I pray that that as I open my mouth, that your words will come forth. I thank you for each woman here, and I pray that as we listen to truths from your word, that you will speak to each woman's individual heart, and that you will encourage her today. In your name I pray, amen. So you all are here today because you understand this topic of fear. You know, fear is paralyzing. It controls our thoughts. It takes a good day and it ruins it. It destroys us. Have you ever had a child or a friend that had a crazy kind of fear? You know, we heard some of them on the, on the video. My youngest daughter, Tessa, my younger daughter, I only have two. My younger daughter, Tessa, was terrified of the monkey in her closet. Her older sister had informed her of the monkey's presence, and no amount of proof would convince her otherwise. You know, our fears, no matter what they are, they seem very reasonable to us. Our fear causes our heart to race faster as we're walking through the parking lot in the dark at night. Our fear meets us on our bed at night as we lay thinking what will happen to our sick child. Our fear returns home with us when we, after we've had that terrible fight with our spouse. Our fear makes us believe that those we love will never walk in faith. Our fears send our mind thinking to every what if that we're sure is going to happen. And is God surprised by our fear? No. He made us with this emotion of fear. He made us with an emotion of fear to enable us to recognize danger and as a means for us to depend on him. Yet even in this distorted emotion that cripples and oftentimes destroys us, he knows that these fears are real to us. And over and over in scripture, God tells his children to not fear. And these words reveal an important truth that God knows we are going to fear and his response always points us to faith. So who is God to you? I think most of us sitting here would say that we believed in God. Yet do you think about who he is? How would you describe him? What characteristics are inherently a part of his being? Cheryl asked the ladies to call out some of the things that they know about God. And so they did that, but it's very hard to hear. They yell out words like father, provider, protector, creator, love, our judge, and friend. He is all these things, isn't he? And so much more. In fact, we could never accurately describe God, who God is. 
What you just did was you made a very short list of doctrine. And some of you may like the word doctrine, and others might recoil at it a bit. But really, the word doctrine just means what you believe. And all of us, whether you like the word doctrine or not, have a set of beliefs that we that we live by, that kind of govern our day. You know, a, a few years ago, I broke my arm, and I had to have a bone density test, and it came back to my great surprise, saying that I had osteoporosis in my hips. Now, I believed that the doctor's report was true, and that if I had, uh, that I needed to have more calcium in my diet, so every night, I have a big bowl of ice cream. <laughs> now, I also believe that I can win my grandkids' hearts with candy. So I carry a bag of candy with me wherever I go, ready when they come running towards me, Nana, Nana. You know, they, they really are looking at my bag when they come to me. They, they, I think I've conditioned them to not really care about me, to only care about my bag of candy. But I carry my candy with me because I believe it's going to win my kids' hearts to me. My husband's family grew up going to Cape May, New Jersey. Anybody ever been to Cape May? It's out on the East Coast. And we continued that tradition with our children. A few years ago, um, my husband and I, with our two youngest kids, went to Cape May, and it was a beautiful sunny day. And David was sitting in his chair reading, like he re regularly does, and I was out in the water with Tessa and Isaiah. It was beautiful and sunny, but very, very windy. And we would run into the water, and within a few seconds, we would be 100 feet from where we entered. The lifeguard informed us that the riptide was strong and that we needed to be careful. Now, what did I tell you that I rejected from my youth? Fear. So I heard what the lifeguard said. But then we continued to run out into the water and jump and get carried away. What did I really believe about the riptide? I really did not believe it was that dangerous. Yes, I told the lifeguard, yes, the riptide's dangerous, I will be careful. But my actions said, the riptide's not that powerful, I got this. As the, as the lifeguard watched our folly, pretty soon, she blew her whistle and said, out of the water, you guys aren't allowed back anymore. Now, we all have a set of beliefs that we speak with our mouths, yet to understand what we really believe, we must look at our actions. I would acknowledge the power of the riptide, that it was dangerous and precaution should be taken. But when I came face to face with it, what I really believed was that the riptide could not overpower me, that I got this. Now, let's go back and look at our list of words describing God. What happens when our beliefs about who God is are challenged by the circumstances of life? Who wins, faith or fear? It doesn't matter what I say I believe, what I speak with my mouth, what really shows my true doctrine or belief is how I act. You know, I can say that God is going to provide for my needs, yet if I work really hard to make sure I've got everything I need, if I'm stingy with the, the poor person at Home Depot when I'm leaving the store, because I don't want to give to them because I might need that money, I do not believe that God's going to provide for my needs. I am living in fear. When I say that God watches over his children, and then I panic every time my son comes home late from work, I am living in fear. 
I can say that God is faithful, yet if I am paralyzed by unforeseen bad news, I am living in fear. You know, I can say that God knows my deepest need, yet when my boss says that my job has been terminated, and I go all around the office saying, this isn't fair, I don't have anything to fall back on, I am not living in faith, I am living in fear. So what do your actions tell others about who God is when your circumstances challenge your beliefs? Can real fear be combated with faith? Even fears that cripple us, fears that overwhelm us, fears that send us into panic and anxiety. I'd like you to turn your attention either in your own Bible to Matthew 14, 22 to 33 or up on the screen. Immediately he, Jesus, made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking towards them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This morning, our topic is faith over fear. And I hope that as we compare these, you will understand more about God and the faith that he is calling you to. So I have three points this morning. Faith rests in who God is. Fear reacts against what God is doing. Now, this is the tricky one. Faith frees us to look through the circumstances, while fear freezes us in the circumstances. And finally, faith pursues holiness. Fear produces sin. So our first point, faith rests in who God is, while fear reacts against what God is doing. You know, it's interesting. Every time I read through the Gospels, that every part of God's creation listens to his voice and obeys. Everything except man. These disciples had just witnessed Jesus feeding 5,000 men along with their wives and children. They saw the obedience of the loaves and the fish as they multiplied. And soon they will see the wind and the waves cease. God is in control of all his creation. And the fact that the disciples are in the middle of this serious storm is not outside of God's control. Did you hear in the passage? Jesus made them get into the boat. He put them in this situation of danger and fear. These men had just witnessed an incredible miracle. 
that gave them abundant evidence of the power of Jesus. We are told in the Gospel of Mark that the disciples had not understood about the loaves because their hearts were hardened or blinded. They had not understood Jesus' power and his desire to care for his children. And so as the storm rages, they cry out in fear, thinking that Jesus is a ghost. Have you considered that Jesus' words, do not be afraid, are for you? You know, God doesn't say, well, it will make you happy if you don't fear, or it's really, fear is just not good for your body. You should try not to fear. Or, worriers are really a drag. Nobody wants to be around a worrier. You want to have friends, don't you? No, Jesus commands his children to not fear. And throughout scripture, whenever God gives you this command, he accompanies it with the capability to rest in obedience to him. So in our passage, when Jesus says, don't be afraid, what reason does he give the disciples to allow them to rest in obedience? He says, it is I. Now, contrary to popular belief, there is not 365 fear knots in the Bible. Some people like to say, oh, there's one fear knot for every day, but that's not true. However, there really are a lot of fear knots in Scripture. And every time we have a fear knot, there is always an accompaniment of God's provision for us to, to live not fearing, to obey Him. So let me tell you a few. Fear not, I am your shield. Fear not, I have heard your voice. Fear not, I will bless you. Fear not, I will fight for you. You know, I could go on and on recalling what scripture tells is God's response to his command not to fear. But I want us to briefly look at one that's found in Isaiah 41.10. This says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The prophet Isaiah is telling us some important truths about who God is. He is teaching you that your actions, do not fear, do not lose courage or be dismayed, are tied to your resting in who God is. Remember, it's your doctrine, it's what you believe. So... Do you live by the belief that God is in control and has a good plan for your life? Can you rest in the truth of who God is? Or do your fearful emotions lead you to react against what God is doing? Who put the disciples out into the boat in the storm? Who? Jesus. All right. So let's look at this verse and figure out what reasons God gives us. It says, do not fear. Why? I am with you. Be not dismayed. Why? I am your God. Why? I will strengthen you. Why? I will help you. Why? I will uphold you. So when your boss tells you that your job is being phased out, when the doctor says the spot on your daughter's brain is cancer, when the guy you thought you would marry breaks it off, for many of us, our first response is to react against what God is doing. 
We want to live saying, I got this. But when we are faced with anything that is outside of our control, we react against God. But God is saying, rest in who I am and do not be anxious and afraid. Wow, that was so good and so practical. I love Cheryl's suggestion to make a list of all the things we believe about God. And when we are facing and fighting our fears, go back to that list and remember what we wrote and what is true. We'll listen to the second half of this talk next time on Unshaken. Remember, you don't have to live shaken. You can live unshaken because God is our rock and our fortress. Until next time.